Welcome to This Week in Marymount Warriors Athletics here on MarymountSports.com. My name is Jason Griefer. We are joined, as always, by Marymount Athletic Director Tom Neural. Uh, Tom, good to have you here with us. I know we were talking before we started recording. Uh, we were kind of trying to keep folks on their toes for folks who watch this podcast. Uh, you're trying to come from a different location every week. Kind of give us the uh, the grand tour of uh, the Marymount area. Last week, of course, we were uh, from the softball field. Uh, this week, we're in the office. Um can you kind of give us an idea of where we may remonate from next week? Or are we going to kind of just say that as a surprise? I'm thinking we're going to be at Fairfax field next week. Um, Depend or maybe in Coosal stadium, depending what the, uh, the day's activities are, depends what game we have that day and, and what uh, facility needs to be prepared for. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Try to keep you on your toes. Okay, so uh, another reason to uh, stay tuned here uh, each and every week here is for folks that watch this uh, uh, podcast there. So uh, as I said last week, you were coming to us live from the uh, the softball fields where you're actually putting the chalk down uh, on the lines. And based off of the result that came in this past Monday against Indian Hill, I'm wondering what you put down uh, on the line because I'm looking at a final score here of 21 to 20. Your team beats Indian Hill this past Monday, and uh, th- this has been as wild of a start to a season for a softball team that I can remember. Uh, we talked about some of the results uh, last week, You know the, the big wins over uh, Clark Montessori and St. Bernard, the big loss to Taylor, uh, two big losses to Taylor, who's an excellent program, and then uh, Wyoming, and then you come back with this football score on the softball field. Uh, what what did you do or say uh, on that softball field after our talk that led to this with 41 runs scored? I, I wish I could take the blame for that, um, but I take <laughs> no credit. <laughs> I take no credit for the results. And actually, uh, thanks to Indian Hill, we moved the baseball and varsity game to Indian Hill yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Saturday and Sunday range are a little bit much for us to get prepped yesterday. So we played up there. So we were the home team on their fields and, um, and our girls went in there pretty confident and uh, a little bit overconfident. And um, they built, they would build six and seven run leads and then they would be down four and five runs. And so uh, it was a very exciting game uh, to watch as, as, as their two fields are side by side. So you could stand yeah. in one spot, and watch both games. And uh, we just kept coming back. And I think I made the comment in the first inning that the last team to bat is going to win. And we did. So, uh, you know, good for us. And, uh, you know, but, you know, offensively, we're a lot better than we've been in the past. Defensively, we're a lot better in the past. At times, our pitching struggles. And like we said, with baseball and softball, it all starts with pitching. And so if you can eliminate the walks and the hit batters, then then you can compete. And so that's where we've been, um, you know, uh, you know, playing Wyoming. And they've been a team that we've competed with. And, you know, at, at that times, just to see them not take their foot off the gas when we played on Friday is a sign that, Hey, there's some respect there that they think this team can come back. And we've got some girls that can play. Um, just, just, just watching them yesterday. You know, we got Kaziah Pearson and you know, she's hitting 375. We've got Bella Mason. Bella comes up, um, you know, shoots one by the shortstop. It skips by the center fielder and she's just scooting all around the bases. And, uh, and then Sophie Sante, you know, 
taking up pitching this year and hitting 429 as well. So we've got some girls that, that can play. We've got some girls that are relatively new to the game, uh, like Ann Gilbertson, who who's hitting the 300s and um, and hits the ball hard. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of bright lights there. Uh, they're at Country Day today, and we go back to Indian Hill on um, on Wednesday. So we're hoping that we can string a couple together here this week. Going back to your coaching days uh, in, in baseball, when you see or, or watch a game like this that, wi- that winds up with 41 runs combined, are you cheering it on, or is it driving you crazy to see how, see this much offense going? That tells you everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you love offense, but you don't love the other team's offense. And so, yeah. uh, you know, you want your pitching to shut them down. Uh, for the fans, it's fun. You know, it's like a football game that's, you know, 42 uh, to 40. You know, it's fun for the fans to watch the track meet. But as a coach, it's just it's it's maddening. Um, and so for me to watch yesterday, I, I, it was fun. And as I kept telling one of the one of our players, dads, I said, you swing the bat, you're dangerous. You know, Joe Nux always <laughs> said that on, on both sides of the of the field. Um, so it was a fun game to watch. Like I said, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of bad defense in there. It was just you know girls hitting the ball and girls making the play and and, and actually a fun game to watch. And so uh, hopefully we have a few of those coming up now in the schedule. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about your let's talk about your baseball team. You alluded to it just a moment ago. Uh, looking to a salvage a split with Indian Hill coming up after a uh, not a forty one run game uh, against Indian Hill the first time out. Wind up six uh, four the final error. So it, it's continuing to be kind of an up and down season thus far uh, for the baseball team. Uh, in, in your estimation and, and talking with the coaches, well, what do you think is missing right now from this team that's preventing them from putting a win streak together? Yeah, you, you were just missing that one knock at the right time, that one break at the right time, that one, um, that one clutch hit. I guess. I mean, there's. I mean, we we have three league losses by a total of four runs, and uh, mm-hmm. and one of the dads made a comment about, oh, we got to get this game or or row the hunt. And I go, really, because we lost two close games to to Taylor. You know, this is a close one here. People are going to knock each other off. You know, it's going to be a typical good CHL baseball year where the winner may have five losses in the league. Um, and that's a real possibility. We'll just get our five out of the way real quick and then we'll tie for the league um, with everything else. But, you know, a, a typical knockdown drag out CHL year, the league champ has five losses out of, out of 14 games. That's a real possibility. Um, and our, and our bats are starting to hit. We're starting to get some guys come through with hitting um, just not that key hit uh, you know, bases loaded, uh, we get we get one run in. I guess we I guess we got three runs in yesterday, and we saw bases loaded, nobody out, top of the order, and we and, and we don't get any more runs that inning. So uh, again, just that key hit, and and, and tip your hat to Indian Hill. They made they made the plays as well. Uh, their pitcher made the pitches. Our pitchers made the pitches. Um, it was a good ball game, um, but you know you want you want to get that win where you can break through, where your guys get that confidence of hey, you know I I, I can knock the ball through here. I can get 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 this run home. You saw a lack of that with the Reds in Arizona, and you saw the confidence with the Reds last night with Winker and Vado. So it happens on the big league level, happens on every level. Uh, part of that's just baseball. To, to give fans perspective right now, yeah, you're 0-3 in the league, and you've been outscored in those three games 9-5. to So, yes. I mean, there, there's a lot of positives to be taken from that. Yet your offense, as you said, just haven't gotten the timely hit as of yet. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played, but also your pitching staff's only giving up nine runs in three league games. I have to imagine that's also pretty encouraging 
going forward, despite the fact that we're still on looking for that first league win. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and, and in the way the CHL plays, you can't you can't save your ace for the big games. I mean, you mm-hmm. you throw your ace in one of those games if the timing works out and you get your number two the next game. And so, um, you know, some of the losses, uh, I, I think Friday's game and there was another game earlier. You know, we just went out. It's going to be a staff outing. You know, everyone throws one inning. Um, and so you don't ride the hot hand. So there's there's a couple losses on the schedule that way. And uh, yeah. pitching limitations in high school, you almost have to do that. So you don't burn somebody up for the week, you know, on their pitch counts. Um, you know, and we're, and we're going to start getting this weather now. You know, we, we got washed out a couple of times last week. We're just going to start getting into these schedules where we're playing five games a week and guys are going to get into routines. You know, Andrew, Andrew Glassmeyer, he's smoking the ball. I think I saw somewhere he's hitting 550. Napolitano's hitting close to 400. Quinn Benner's pitching and hitting. You know, he's, he's hitting close to 400 as well. Uh, plus, he's getting it done on the mound, I, I think, 14 innings. So, you know, guys are going to start, they're going to start getting their grooves right now. Um, four games scheduled again again this week, uh, games on the weekend. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get there. We, we played through the rain on Saturday. We we're fortunate to play on the turf fields at the Reds Urban Youth Academy and get a win there. So we're, we're going to start things, you know, things are going to start settling down. And, um, and hopefully that, that timely hit comes through. Keep in mind, folks, as we go along, and, and, and Tom mentioned just a moment ago, this is a grinder of a CHL league. Anybody can beat anybody on a given day. You know, you, we talked about you know, the run differential for your team. Taylor's sitting at the top of the league at 3-0 and right now, and they've scored a grand total of six runs in those three games. So yeah, that shows, goes to show how good these teams are and how, how narrow the margin is on, yeah. on, on any given day as well. Yeah. It's a, a very competitive. The CHL across the board, it doesn't matter the sport, is a good – I'm going to say a small school league. I'm just going to say small school because we're not division one, division two. Um, It's a good league. It's a good league across the board. Uh, We don't necessarily get the notoriety, um, but you know, like, like we proved in the fall, there's some good soccer being played. There's some good basketball being played there across the board. It's a good league. Yeah, it it really, really is. Let's talk about some more uh, fine play in the league. Let's start. Let's talk about your tennis team here. Uh, Pretty big week coming up here. You've got a CHL trifecta uh, coming up here with uh, this week with Wyoming, Indian Hill, and uh, Finneytown. Everybody knows about Indian Hill. We've talked about that here on the show before and how dominant they've been in the league for seemingly forever uh, thus mm-hmm. far. So we'll, we'll set that one aside. I'm wondering how important you and the coaches feel the matches are against Wyoming and Finneytown to try to get those two wins in particular you know, go, going into the uh, the midway point of the season here, because we know we we know what you're going to get from Indian Hill. You're going to get the best of the best with Indian Hill. Mm-hmm. How critical are those other two matches to try and get into the win column? And they were five and one. Um, you know, we lost to West Claremont last week, and uh, and so one get back into the win column. But two, um, you know, when we when we play in Indian Hill, we're going to measure up and see where we are and uh, and see how we match against against them. But with Wyoming and Finneytown. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big breakthrough match for us, especially Wyoming. Um, you know, they're always, they're always towards the top of of the league in tennis and we think we're there this year. And so, um, let's get this one under our belts today. Let's, let's see if we get W and maybe we can pull some magic at Indian Hill. You never know. Um, that's why you play the matches. You know, you just go out and you play and you, and you give your best and, and, and hopefully your best is good enough that day and you, and you come out with a W. So that's what we're going to try to get. And um, uh, we're, the boys are going to have a good day to play tennis today. Uh, it's over the Marymount courts. And so, 
yeah, we really like to see them come through. They're they're really doing a nice job as a team and um, a lot of good individual efforts. Let's see if we can get this one. We'll dig a little bit deeper into the Indian Hill side of things. For fans that don't know, we also do a podcast with Indian Hills Athletic Director Brian Phelps, and he's talked before. He talked uh, on on our podcast with him last week about their tennis program, you know, with the dominance they've had in the league, but they also look at it from a, in a bigger picture. They're looking at this year and maybe any year as with a state championship in mind and not only as a goal, but as an expectation. And I'm wondering – on your side, since you have a team in your league that has an expectation to win a state title, how big of an advantage can that be for your team once you get to the postseason, knowing that you've already seen potentially the best of the best the state has to offer? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to go through them, and that's, and that's why I said my earlier comment. That's going to be a, big, a, a good measuring stick for where we are, just to see, you know, if, if we go out and get swept uh, – 5-0 and we don't we don't take any of the any, any of the individual matches uh we won't take any of the games and then 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 row we got some work to do um mm-hmm. but you know if we we get up there and we can we can go we, we can take them to extra sets we can do we can take a couple sets we can pull off a couple matches you know who knows what happens you know you, you get to win um then, then we know where we are and, and just we got an idea of as we look to the coaches classic, as we look to the postseason, that, that, Hey, you know, we, we can do something here. Um, let's just see how good we are. Let's move on and let's talk about your uh, track and field teams. As we talked about last week, uh, a busy week uh, this past week with the, uh, the Madeira invite and, and also the uh, coaches classic there. Uh, take us through how you saw the, those, those events go for uh, your runners and your, uh, your field athletes there. Uh, how are they feeling? Uh, coming out of that and uh, heading to uh, Indian Hill this week. Yeah, they they have the relays today, and um, and, and and they're really excited about going. The the feedback on our team is really strong so far. Um, you know, we didn't you know, last week was basically our first week of meets because we we don't run over spring break and there wasn't anything the previous week, and so we go mm-hmm. to uh, Madeira last week and then we go to the coaches classic. So we, we knock out two of them in the first week, but you know, the early, the early returns are, are, are good so far as we go in, we have very good cross country team in the, uh, in the fall and they're, and they're coached by coach Dragovich, the same coach and, uh, and coach Holsteggy and they do a good job, but you know, early on, you got, you got Martin Eisenhower. He's, He's in the 400 dash and 800 yard run. You know, he's a distance guy. Ben Turan in the 1600 to 3200. Henry Buck, again, another cross country guy in the 1600. Uh, Sam Beeler and Andrew Chen in the 3200. They're all towards the top of the league uh, in the league times. And so, um, you know, they're off to a really good start with us. And our relays that we that we thought were going to be really strong last year are, are strong so far in the in the 1600 and the 3200 relay again. Got some distance guys getting out there, um, and they got Griffin Wilner in the high jump. So uh, a lot of guys putting some points out on the board. I know um, we mix our lineup up a lot in these early meets. With our, we don't send everybody to every meet. We kind of mix it up. We run two meets a week, um, and we're going to let them work into shape that way. So um, they're off to a good start. And I think by the time that Taylor rolls around the league championship. Uh, we're going to hear a lot of these same names, a few new ones as well, um, taking some medals in the league meet. 
let's move on. Let's talk about uh, lacrosse now. And uh, let's start with the boys first. We'll, we'll get to the girls here in a moment because they, they're on a heck of a run to start the year. Uh, boys, not too bad uh, thus far as well. Did have a three-game win streak come to an end uh, over the weekend against Louisville St. X. Uh, always a very good program uh, in the Commonwealth here. And, and now we look at a schedule that gets very aggressive uh, this week as far as uh, as far as non-conference action goes. Let's yeah. put it that way. You've got slated matches with Elder, Bishop Watterson, and now Cincinnati St. X, the Bombers, yeah. uh, coming up this week. It's a pretty big week, pretty big test. for and You're going to get a real good idea of where your program stands uh, coming out of this week. Do you, do you feel that way? Yeah, we will. And, um, you know, we, we, we knew going down to Louisville St. X, a perennial power, as you said, uh, in the Kentucky State Championships. But this is this is kind of the grind week that Coach P always puts together in his schedule. Um, you know, GCL teams, Elder and, and St. X, just that big Division One mindset that they bring in, St. X with a couple of lacrosse titles under their belt. Uh, Bishop Watterson, who's a team that we've seen in the in the, in the regional finals before and um, that, that we like to compete with. Um, that's going to be an interesting match on Saturday because that one's going to be on grass. And uh, uh, we, we have a lot of activities here at the stadium, so we're going to play them on grass down at stand, down track and field. Um, so that'll be an interesting contest in itself. But, yeah, we you know there's a couple question marks. We've got a, a few athletes that are banged up right now that aren't in the lineup, uh, a couple that have returned that we're still waiting for them, like, you know, like some other athletes, to find their groove. Um, yeah. it's not still early in the season, but it's not late in the season either. So it's a good time for them to come through. Uh, you know, Max Tepe's already shown what he has with his scoring. He's got 16 goals, Bowden Gall, you know, feeding everybody with 14 assists. Um, McLean LeMay, you know, you know, pretty, pretty well assisting people as well. And, uh, Luke Brenneman in the goal, we've, we, we've been rotating three goalkeepers and, and, uh, Luke's getting the lion's share of the duty right now with 33 saves. So, um, you know, those, those are the defense is what we're going to have to see, especially after uh, Louisville hung 17 on us. Um, we're, we're going to see our defense come up and, and play strong, but, um, this is going to be a good run. Um, you know, Jeb Lindell's in that mix as well with his defense. We we've got three games here where it's going to tell us, you know, where we are and, and we think we're in a pretty good spot. And, and, um, you know, the elder games here on, on Wednesday, attendance is wide open again. So hopefully get the crowds back at the students back behind them and have, have a good week for the boys. We'll be keeping an eye on that. As you said, that can really go a long way of setting the tone uh, yeah. for the rest of the season you know, and going forward here. Uh, over on the girls' side, they have found quite a rhythm uh, – here as of late they've won three straight and done so by a combined scoring margin of 56 to five so not only are you ripping the ball into the net on the defensive side you're not giving anything up uh as well what is clicking so well for the girls that they're putting out this kind of dominance thus far i think our defense is that good um obviously our offense is too um because because i because we scored a lot against uh uh, against uh, Loveland in the opener as well, but our defense is pretty. Our defense is pretty strong. Got a lot of good athletes back. Um, you know, we're, and we're trying to find our niche as well. Um, you know, you're going off your schedule from two years ago with what teams had. Everyone's had that year off last year, so just trying to find out what everybody has. Um, but our girls are playing well. We've got a lot of them playing the sport, as we mentioned in earlier podcasts. We got 42 of them out there which are numbers that we have not seen in a long time in our program, but we've got, we've got good athletes uh, doing good jobs. I mean, Mar Marley McGowan is leading the team in scoring with 16. You have Piper George 
leading the team in assists with eight. Uh, Caroline Sullers winning the majority of the faceoffs, which is what you, you know, so much in a girls' game. You know, someone gets face off to go down the field, they score, um, mm-hmm. it, which which is part of the success as well. But um, th- this is going to pre- be a pretty good mix for us this week as well. You've got um, you've got Sycamore coming in tonight, which is always a a local power. We've got the the big rival Indian Hill. Coming in on Thursday, uh, we're going to have a big crowd for that because the uh, soccer team's getting their rings. And then and then we turn around on Friday and, and Saturday and go to Columbus for two games with with Watterson and um, Tangy Liberty. So uh, a full week for the girls, um, a, a lot of varied competition this week. Um, you, you hate to keep saying the same things if we're going to see where we are after this week. But, yeah, this is it's, you know, things stiffen up a little bit for us this week. Well, and also to that point, we we talked about it, you know, just a moment ago with the boys and the gauntlet they're going to run this week. You, you mentioned the two home games that you've got with a Sycamore and Indian Hill coming up, obviously the soccer honorees, so that'll add some extra juice to it. But, you know, as you said, you know, with Watterson and Liberty, those two are on the road and it begins a stretch in the next couple of weeks, six out of seven on the road. And that one home game in the between is against DeSales at the yeah. beginning of, of May. So, uh, do they sense maybe an added bit of importance here with these two home games to get these two knowing they've got a really difficult non-conference schedule coming up and the majority of that is going to be on the road? I don't know if we looked that far ahead. Um, yeah, really, Coach Ferry does such a good job of keeping the girls focused. And so, you know, these, these are big opponents and you can't worry about what you have in May. <laughs> it kind of seems kind of funny. We're talking about May already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just, you, you just take it one game at a time and, you know, win this one, then we'll think about Thursday on Thursday. And uh, he's, he's done a really good job about that. And yeah, it's just like eating an elephant, you know, one bite at a time and all of a sudden you're done and and, and, the, and the job's out of the way. So um, that's how you got to approach this and hope everyone stays healthy. So, yeah, um, just looking for a good week when we get when we talk this time next week. And we here at the podcast are just happy to be here. Hope we can help the ball club. Absolutely. Uh, before we, <laughs> the good Lord's willing. Hey, before yeah, we jump exactly. in, you know, we kind of we kind of skimmed yeah. over uh, uh, girls track, and so you know, two yeah. two good performers there, uh, and and the girls team is off and running as well. Uh, but but Lily Bauer, our, our distance runner from cross country as well, lighting things up in the sixteen hundred, and we also got Jordan Rodriguez making noise in the hundred hurdles. So uh, you know, it's not just all boys going on there, and. And, sure. and there's a lot of girls that are, that are working their way up to the league standings as well. Um, and we'll have more to talk about them as we get into next week. When you get, when you see the results come in like that, and when the, the, the two teams see the results come in from the other side, how much camaraderie is there between the boys and the, the girls when they look at the other side and see that, you know, somebody else is climbing up the leaderboard, somebody else just posted a PR. What's that, Interrelation, inter-team relationship like between the boys and the girls in that in that instance. You know, I think there's I think there's a lot because uh, the boys and girls train together here. They have the same coaching staffs here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your distance runners are out running distance together, um, and and they both are they both are good on on their side of the ledger. So I think there's a lot of camaraderie. I, I think you I think you run into sports like cross country and and track and yeah they're kind of the same but they're different. But then also swimming where, you know, you, you have the longer meets, you have the training that's together. Um, they're all in the same conditions. I think there's a lot of camaraderie with that, more so than there, w- there would be with boys and girls lacrosse or baseball and softball. Um, I, I just think they're together more. 
and, and then they pull for each other. They, they really celebrate each other's success. So um, really, really good to see and um, really fun to watch them uh, sharing that together. It's an underrated part of high school sports is that camaraderie that you get not only within one team, but uh, across, across the lines there. Uh, between the boys and the girls and in different sports and different dip- disciplines as well. That's why I wanted to, uh, to get your thoughts on that, because yeah. it is an important aspect that not everybody always thinks about. Cause we always just look at about, you know, between the lines, you know, A, B, C, D going from here to there and trying to, you know, maybe overanalyze yeah. things that work. Cause we're now in a sabermetrics type of era and seemingly everything that we do. And so that's sometimes that human element sometimes gets lost there, but uh, that's why I wanted yeah, we, to bring that we up. Also get, we also get tied into attendance at games and, you know, yeah. about, you know, well, you know, who's going to this game or who's going to that game or they show out for this. And, but, but also a lot of it's the timing of the games as well. You know, sure. uh, you know basketball, football is easy because it's, it, it's Friday night. A lot of time, uh, you know, uh, the, the girls are, you know, like lacrosse boys are uh, Wednesday, Friday and girls are Tuesday, Thursday, just that's it, where it falls out for officiating or something else. You know, baseball, softball is tough because it's at five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, volleyball yeah. is, is at five thirty, six thirty. So trying to get trying to get you know, other kids there is always an effort. It's always difficult just because they're, you know, okay, well, you can't come to my game because you have practice, but you have to have practice to get ready for your yeah. game. So uh, it's difficult, and it's great to see when when it does happen. How has the response been from your uh, student body in, in, in that they are now able to actually get back out and start to attend some of these matches? Yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, you know, as you go to the baseball and softball games, you see people in their lawn chairs and spreading out and you see uh, a few students at each of those games. But then you come to the lacrosse games and you see the kids coming up to the games and they're and they're back in the student section. And, and that, I, I commented on that last week. Uh, as a, as the kids are coming in for a boys lacrosse game, it's like it's it's just so good, just so good to see them. We've had crowds at games, but it's just so good to see the kids there, and, and hear them e- even with their goofy comments. Sometimes it's even good to hear that, it's, and it almost feels good to say, "Hey, you know, knock that one off," um, <laughs> because we're back in business, and this this is what we're in business for. We're in business um, to, to to help promote the kids' activities for the kids to have good activities. But but you know we're we're in business to work with kids and and we've yeah. just we've really missed that over the last year, and it just feels so good uh, to have it back. So yeah, 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 no doubt. Uh, if it certainly can make a positive impact on the kids on the field as well. Absolutely. Just having that yeah. having that sense of somewhat normalcy uh, yeah. back into things. Um, before we wrap up this week, there is another another uh, story that that's it's it's now out there that I wanted to uh, talk about. Kind of get your uh, thoughts on here. Want to talk about a long time and a valued member of the uh, Marymount Lacrosse programs, but also the community, and that's a uh, longtime uh, coach uh, Graham Harden. Uh, folks mm-hmm. in the community know who he is, know what kind of coach he was for the lacrosse team. For those that don't know, uh, he's been fighting ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, since uh, August of 2016. So we're going on four and a half years. Uh, still able to come out to games now and provide that warrior spirit, provide that inf- inspiration. And, and now one of your uh, players on the boys lacrosse team has decided to try and give back and help out Coach Harden, given that Coach Harden has given so much of himself uh, to this program, to the programs here. Uh, first of all, tell us about Coach Harden, uh, the person he is, maybe something behind the scenes that fans may not necessarily know about. And then uh, the effort right now going on by one of your players to help out Coach Harden uh, with all the medical challenges he's facing right now. 
Yeah, you know, Graham's Graham's a very he's always been a very visible member of our community and uh, and very positive in the lacrosse uh, community. He was an All-American at at North Carolina. And then, uh, you know, he and his family live here as uh, his, his two daughters and his, his, his sons have come through our program. But but Graham, for the longest time with Coach Peterson uh, and even before Coach Peterson had been an assistant coach in our in our high school boys lacrosse program uh yeah. coaching youth all the way through and it's just his, his knowledge of the game is um is, is just beyond anything else that we find and so and graham's always been he's always been the guy that can tell the players this is what you need to do he can be honest with them and forthright and and they accept his criticisms of their game because he also doles out the compliments of the games um and so as as graham uh came down with the ALS uh, diagnosis in 2016 and, and, uh, and, and his family formed the, uh, the G force foundation for ALS awareness, uh, not only for his situation, but, but other athletes and individuals that, that encounter ALS mm-hmm. um, you know, that this thing has just grown and, and the community has shown great support uh, for Graham, but, but also in that time frame, you know, um, as Graham was an assistant voice coach, uh, coach Ferry stepped aside for a couple years. Uh, Graham was an assistant coach for for one year, and I believe he's our, our head coach for two years. Um, and then as Coach Ferry stepped back in, and, and the disease take, took a little bit more out of Graham, he continued to be an assistant coach for for the boys and the girls teams. And then uh, you know, the 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 first year that he returned as the assistant coach for the girls team, they win their first state title. So uh, the boys have four under their belts. The girls have one. But Graham's always that guy, very positive on the sidelines. Just uh, he he was he was a member of the EMS uh, squad in Terrace Park. Um, you know, just 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 working on that. And so, um, you know, to see him battle this uh, and, and still coach uh, was 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 very um, uh, was was quite an example for our athletes to see day in and day out, and yeah. and then for him to continue. I mean, because you, know, you can you can shut down, you can go away. How you handle you know, adversity in life uh, that defines your life, and you know he certainly didn't need this to define his life, but. Um, the examples that he's shown us going through um, this battle just you know, just is just amazing. And then for um, for one of our current players who, uh, who who was coached by Graham as a freshman to come through and and to set this up, it's a it's a face off challenge. And for uh, and for every face off, you can make a donation just on the year, or you can make a donation based on every face off that that Seth wins. Uh, you know, contributions made to uh, the the, the G Force Foundation. Um, he's just meant so much. We were fortunate for uh, Scott Springer to come out on on Saturday or on Friday and do the the story on Seth, and then also a follow up with uh, with with Graham's story. Um, Scott was really uh, is just really taken in with 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 Graham and his story, and man, um, yeah, Graham continues to battle. His family continues to battle because it's just not a, a single person battle, and the sure. community continues to to support him. Um, you know, I, I think Scott quoted me on, uh, on, on situations that you have in the life of the, on the day of the AD that would, that would come out and, you know, you sit in the office and emails or phone calls, or whatever, you go, well, what a rotten day. And then you go out there and you'd see Graham, 
you know, coaching our athletes. And he, and he goes, Hey, how's your day? You know? And, and I'd say, you know, really my day's fine now. You know, you just see the example that he's providing and, you know, it puts things in perspective, but we're really fortunate. And I, I don't have the link now. It's on my Twitter. Um, M on AD, if you'd like to yeah. see that or, or the story that's been in uh, Cincinnati.com on, on last Saturday, if, if you'd like to um, donate to that cause. It's on uh, the website is pledgeit.org. It's called the G force face off against ALS against Seth green uh, started this uh, started this up. The goal was to raise about $5,000 to help out with, uh, with Graham Harden's medical bills. And uh, I checked it late last night. And he, the there's already been almost eleven thousand yeah. dollars pledged uh, yeah. to help out the the Harden family with this. Uh, lastly, before I let you go in talking about this, when Seth decided to take this initiative on and, and set this up to try to help Coach Harden out, as we talked about, giving back to a man in Coach Harden who's given so much of himself to the Marymount community and the lacrosse program, uh, what was your reaction when when uh, Seth put this together? Well, he had actually put it together and then kind of notified me that he was doing it, um, which is fine. And I just thought, wow, um, you know, just just another example of, of our kids at Marymont on on how they get involved, on how they pay back on, um, you know, just just the things you don't always see, you know, on, on the day to day that you don't see just watching games and just, uh, you know, for for someone to put this together. And, and as you said, the goal was five thousand dollars. It's at eleven thousand dollars now. Um, the people responding to the, the posting on our on our booster Facebook page, people with no connection to our school mm-hmm. you know, reading the story and saying, hey, I want to make a donation. Um, it's just it's just phenomenal. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Pledgeit.org is the website. The G-Force face-off against ALS. Again, you can, as, as Tom said, you can donate uh, just in general or for every face-off that Seth wins on the lacrosse field uh, goes uh, towards that as well. Uh, one more thing before I let you go. A little bit, we'll end it on a, on a uh, more of a jovial note, so to speak there, okay. but still a great cause that uh, Seth's talking about there. We kind of teased last week, kind of tongue-in-cheek, uh, this week we're going to name our top five baseball movies. We won't do all time. We won't do all five here today uh, because we just, you're a busy man. You've got a lot of things to do. We could have a whole other podcast about that. As I said last week, uh, just tell me number one for you. Oh, number one, the ultimate baseball movie, the Sandlot. I mean, any, any <laughs> baseball player, any baseball player can identify with that. You know, um, you know my, my list, my, my list is pretty good. And uh you know, and, you know, I have to do an honorable mention, Liz. I'm going to hit him real quick here. Um, but 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 the Sandlot, you know, any, any baseball player, you, know, you grow up, you're playing baseball all the time. So, uh, you know, there, there there's some, you know, you might say Field of Dreams. I don't know if baseball, if Field of Dreams is, for me, a real baseball movie. Um, it's a movie about baseball, but I don't know if it is. But, you know, coming in at fifth, I got a tie between uh, – but between Bernie Mac and Mr. 3000 and, uh, and angels in the outfield, um, you know, it could happen. And so, uh, those are my number five, you know, coming at number four, I mean, Tom Selleck looks the ultimate part in, in Mr. Baseball, you know, going over yeah. to Japan. And, uh, I should dedicate that to Tom Gamble because he calls everybody chief, um, just like Tom Selleck does in that. So, uh, number three, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, about difficult with number three because it's you know, it's a baseball movie. It's kind of a romance movie, but you know the 
the, the, the wives and the girlfriends will watch it too, you know, for love of the game with Kevin Costner. Um, and then what was always my number one, but you know, I had to go with the Sandlot. Maybe, maybe this one shouldn't be on a, on a, on a high school podcast, but Bull Durham, I mean, just, you know, you, you, just the life of a minor leaguer um, when that came out. So yeah, those are, those are them. And there's a, there's a lot of honorable mentions on my list as well, but uh, yeah. <laughs> kids, kids, kids watch the kids watch the television version of uh, yes, of a Bull Durham, and, yes, and you'll uh, you'll appreciate that. Um, I I I can't really put together a top five off the off the top of my head. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, even though it may not be the best for some of the younger group out there. My number one, hands down, is Major League. Yep. Um, because it, it, it for me it can't not be, and uh, me being a broadcaster as well, Bob Uecker, how did he not love Harry Doyle? Harry uh, Doyle. Up, up in the booth there as well. All the one-liners he's had, and of course the the, the Hall of Fame career he's had outside uh, of the film genre, uh, calling games for the Brewers, uh, seemingly did, for for forever. Did you listen to Marty's last week, um, two years ago when he when he was broadcasting, and the Brewers were in town and they had they had uh, Euchre and Marty talking, and it was, it was a, I think it was a Thursday night game, and they just went on. He was going to stay in there for half an inning and and stay for the yeah. whole game. That might be like the best. Uh, that might be the best baseball conversation I think I've ever heard. Yeah, that those two with the history they've had, and uh, certainly the way they can express themselves. Let's put it that way. <laughs> to just say the least, there that that that's a radio hall of fame uh, yes. type of broadcast there as as well from uh, really from was. Marty Brenneman and of course Uke, uh Bob Euchre <laughs> as well. So. Uh, <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll end it there uh, this week. Uh, tune in next week. We'll, pro- we'll probably think of some other top five lists. Who knows some what other... we'll do next week? Yeah, we'll How figure the heck it out. With we'll it. Also... I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the post show won't happen here today uh, yeah, either. And also, folks, uh, stay tuned next week also as we continue our uh, to answer the never-ended question, where in the world is Tom Neural? Uh We'll Where's find Neural? that out uh, <laughs> next week as well, Tom. Uh, great conversation this week. I uh, really enjoyed it. Great. Appreciate it. We'll see everyone next week. That is Tom Nero, athletic director at Marymount High School, joining us here at MarymountSports.com for this week in Marymount Warriors Athletics, presented by ESP Media and Sidearm Sports.